What's up, DBs? What's up, Joey? Question for you. What are you doing October 20th through October 22nd? I don't know. What are you doing, Yellen? I don't know. Should we just, like, I don't know, go downtown, go watch the leaves fall in Central Park? No, we shouldn't. You know why? Because we're going to Obsess Fest year two. It's happening in Dallas, Texas from October 20th to the 22nd. That's right. I forgot. No, I didn't. Tickets are on sale now. Head to ObsessFest.com and get your tickets and book your hotel room. We are staying at the Omni Hotel, which is connected to the convention center via a skybridge. You don't have to leave the hotel. You can walk around hugging every DB you see, and that includes us. How many hugs did we give in the elevator last year? 10,000. 10,000 hugs. You will see all of the talent, all the guests will all be staying there. For those of you who don't know, Obsessed Fest is a true crime podcast convention that includes live shows, meet and greets, games, karaoke, and one big epic drag brunch. And if you want to see what a blast we had at year one, follow Obsessed Fest Instagram account at Obsessed Fest. We are so excited to see you all again. We hope to squeeze all of your faces. We're not going to sleep for three days. We hope you don't either. Head to ObsessedFest.com to get your tickets now. See you in Texas. I'm a Barbie girl in the Barbie world. I have a story to tell you. Okay, what? I saw the Barbie movie last night. I had too much of an edible and I fell asleep. No. Yeah. That was so stupid. (laughs) Can I tell you? What? I thought the movie was stupid. No, you didn't watch the end. The end was everything. I was The so end confused. was everything, and Ryan Gosling should win an Oscar. You heard it here. Great. And now on to our show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to I Think Not, the podcast where Joey and I are Oscar voters. And <laughs> nominees, it turns out. Yes. I can't believe you fell asleep. When did you fall asleep? It actually was very redeeming. I don't know. At some point when she was crying several times, I have to say, Margot Robbie is a wonderful actor. She is really brilliant. Did you see the whole culmination of the end? Yeah, I kind of checked out. Well, you fell asleep. That's the ultimate checking out. Yeah. It was such a good movie. I'll, did you I'll see the big again. monologue that America made about being a woman? Oh, yes. That I was totally into and I understand. So you hate women. It actually made me so think of you. So you hate feminism. Yeah. So you think men are better than women. I've been you heard it to here, get this everybody. off of my chest. You heard it here. <laughs> Join us on the Patreon where Joey really supports the patriarchy. I know. And really talks about... Now, join us on the Patreon (laughs) for as little as $5. You can get back episodes of a whole bunch of shit. Who the bleep did I marry? Evil lives here. I almost got away with it. Honey, that's your favorite show of all time. We're there. You can download it now, and you can just get your phone filled with me and Joey. I don't know if that's a selling point or that's a point for people to throw their phone out the window. I'm not sure. You can be the judge of that. (laughs) (laughs) But we're starting a new show. What show did we choose? We chose I Dated a Psycho, something you're very familiar with. I told you this in text. I just thought they went through my phone and then added and edited all my videos together. Yeah, it's like Black Mirror. Yeah. They're doing that too. I was like, oh, okay, great. Actually, we covered this in the beginning of I Think Not when we weren't sure what we wanted to do and so we decided to go back for it because after coming off the back of really really great TV shows that are well made and well executed we thought we would swing the pendulum the other way it's true I mean haven't we all dated a psycho I think so is it a rite of passage I think it's a rite of passage for women to date a psycho and date a gay man I feel like 
the better question would be who hasn't dated a psycho. Truly. I feel like we would get, you know, more of an education in that respect. <laughs> so we're going to give you four episodes of I Dated a Cycle. There is only one season of it, and I think it's because the quality of the show looks like it was shot on an iPhone 1. This is giving you VHS realness. It is so bad, you guys. <laughs> it's very bad, but it's very interesting, and we're going to have a lot of fun. So August is going to be I Dated a Psycho Month. That's right. Season one, episode one, Psycho O. Everyone dreams of finding that one true love. It wasn't hard to fall in love with him at all. I'm thinking to myself, well, jackpot. But the perfect someone isn't always who they appear to be. The phone calls, the emails, it was really starting to freak me out. How did I not see signs? What the hell is this? What is happening to me? Is he Prince Charming or the Prince of Darkness? I was scared. I mean, really scared. No, this is not. He picked that bloody axe up and literally came right at me with it. It was as if he was just possessed. Sometimes the perfect date turns into much more than you bargain for. I feel like the show just got really excited when iPhones came out. And they're like, how about we make a whole TV show on these iPhone ones. They were like, it'll be great. Let's shoot the whole thing on a phone. Yeah. It's giving like backyard home movies. Yeah. It was, Realness. It was edited in iMovie. The reenactment actors are a gift from the baby Jesus. Yeah. It's literally like the soundtrack is a untuned piano and maybe some cymbals. It's really odd. It's the end of a steamy and sweltering summer on the shores of St. Petersburg Beach, Florida. When it gets this hot in St. Pete, anything goes. Candy Williams feels a million miles away from her old life in Kansas. We meet Candy Williams, who lives in St. Pete Beach, Florida, who is originally from Kansas, and says she loves Florida because it's constantly... 98 degrees. I love 98 degrees because they made it socially acceptable. <laughs> For men to not only wear chains outside of their uh -huh. turtlenecks, uh -huh. but they really rocked the frosted tips like they invented it. Yeah, it's, it was serving LFO. Also, like, I know Nick Lachey and Drew Lachey. Do you remember the names of the other two? I was just thinking that if you backed up a truck full of money to my house yep. and said, name the members of 98 Degrees, I would say the Lacheys, and then I would lose a truck full of money. It's true. I don't know. I can't even name... A song by them. What song? What's their big song? I'll make love to That's you. Boys to Men. Okay. Baby, bye, 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 That's bye. That's sync. Okay. Uh -huh. um, what about, oh, she's cute. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know a single one. Can you help us? Can you play one 98 degree song? Like, what's their number one on Spotify? If you're asking, do I love you this much? must have been hard playing backseat to all those boy bands of the aughts. Like, they, they were just like, who liked 98 Degrees? Cue my DMs with someone who literally runs the fan page of 98 Degrees. Well, thank you for that. Still doesn't jog no, my memory. Nothing. Not nary a memory. I would blame it on the weed, but I don't even think it's that. She was on the weed. <laughs> and then Candy says that she always wanted to live by the beach. I love the water. I love the warm climate. The seagulls, the dolphins, you know, it's like, it's living in paradise. 
I was like, yeah, Candy, you left out the mosquitoes, the hurricanes, the gators, the palmetto bugs, which is just a fancy word for flying roaches. Yes. The sunburns, the murder. You left a lot out. Yeah, uh, Chick-fil-A on every corner, and Ron DeSantis, yeah. the biggest deterrent for anyone. Have you ever seen a more insane politician? I'm sure they're, I mean, I don't want to mention yes. Hitler, because right. uh, well. it, <laughs> it always comes back to that for some reason. <laughs> So she tells us she's a 30-something. And I was like, I really, really love the fact that she was like, listen, I will do this show, but do not give out Googleable information. Yeah. Like yeah. my age. 30-something. She's a teacher. It's the end of the summer, so she's soaking up, you know, her last bit of time off before she has to go deal with those Cheeto sneezing monsters. So she's on the beach and she notices this dude checking her out. And she's like, oh, he's cute. Okay, I like this. Here's what I have to say. This reenactment actor who plays, like, the dude checking her out, he is handsome. Why do men wear culottes for swim trunks? You mean, like, board shorts? They're below the knee. The minute you get in water, they're so heavy. They're uncomfortable. Like, my dude, try the five-inch seam shorts. Just do it. It's liberating. You'll be fine. You'll be much more comfortable. Let the sun shine in on your thighs. Uh, you, You have to understand that maybe... I have nothing. I don't. I was going to try and defend board shorts, but I have nothing. Yeah. As the two flirt with their eyes, clouds appear on the horizon. I sat down. And the next thing I know, I look over and the same guy had came in and sat next to me. Hi. Joe. Hi, Joe. So a storm comes in and reenactment candy goes to the bar. But before she does, there's a reenactment extra in the back that was really upset about the storm. (laughs) And I just, I, if, you, if you're listening or if you're on the Patreon, good work. She was like <laughs> hands on her hips like, ah, you dang storm. <laughs> she was giving it her all. And I, I just want to, I want to point that out when people are giving their all. Listen, I agree. I love when extras make strong choices. Have you ever seen Jurassic World, the mm-hmm. reboot of Jurassic Park? No. Okay. You see this huge pterodactyl attack a table of patrons and the patron grabs two margaritas and runs off. I was like. Yeah. Thank you. To his friends, he's like, listen, don't miss this scene. When the pterodactyl comes, I'm the one who grabs the marks. You got to leave your mark. It's However true. you can leave your mark. Well, the storm comes in and they saddle up to a tiki bar. And you know what? I'm in. An outdoor tiki bar while there's a thunderstorm? That sounds like heaven. Maybe we should move to Florida. But the reenactment guy who was ogling candy on the beach comes over and has a really unfortunate armband tattoo. Oh, bless his heart. Really should have thought of that twice and sits by her during the storm. And he introduces himself, you know, he says, hi, I'm Joe Collier. He turns out that he has also moved to St. Pete's from the Midwest. Here's my question for you. Although I've never, ever seen or heard of you sitting at a bar by yourself, but let's say you're at a bar with a couple friends. If a guy comes and talks to you, And let's say he's good looking. What's your thoughts on that? Like, what's your thoughts on being approached by a man at a bar? I I don't mind. Yeah? No. Do you think it's weird? It all depends on the delivery. It all depends on how they insert themselves, you know? (laughs) Uh, Or how they insert themselves later. I was just curious because some people are like, I'm out with my friends. Don't talk to me. It just depends, you know? Like, remember those girls who came up to us in New Orleans and they were just sort of talking to us? I mean, sometimes you meet people. I am much... What's the word nicer than you? How dare you? You hate people. I don't hate people. I, I just... don't think like that. You do. You'd be like, what? Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Don't touch me. 
Here's the thing. I have to be prepared for it. It's religious trauma. I'm telling you, growing up in church and being forced to talk to people and hear crazy stories and be subjected to prodding questions. I'm just on guard, you know? So if I'm prepared for it, I'm good. But like, if I'm sitting on the plane with you, I don't want to hear about your Harlequin romance novel you're reading or your one-eyed cat named Whisker. (laughs) Just just, the one Whisker. I know. (laughs) Its name was Whiskers until they all fell out. So I took off the S because that seemed redundant. Anyway, turns out Joe and Candy have a lot in common. He seemed to have his act together. He was good looking, which was a bonus. <laughs> Candy thinks Joe's a great catch. Candy is one of those people that's very trusting. He's very foxy, make no mistake. And he was a very smooth talker. So when he asks for her phone number, Candy doesn't hesitate. We should hang out. Sounds good. Caitlin Hubert, who's Candy's friend, is here to say he was foxy. I would like to bring the word foxy back. Okay. And so Joe asks for her number and calls her that night and asks her out on a date. What could go wrong, she says. How do you feel about giving your number to someone and them calling you, not texting you, calling you three hours later? Yeah, calls are weird. There's so many rules when you're meeting people and dating people that you're romantically interested in. Like, don't text too soon. Don't call too soon. You got to play hard to get. Don't respond to all that shit. I don't play by those Neither rules. Neither do I. I think if you're thinking of someone, text them. If you want to hang out with someone, text them. Yeah. If you really, really, hey, I really liked, you know, it, it's all in your approach. But I, I, I don't do the like, oh, we went out last night, so I can't text him till Tuesday. Yeah. I don't really play by those rules. It's kind of exhausting. Yeah. Because then you have to put yourself in the mind of try and put yourself in the mind of someone else. And it's like mental gymnastics. And it's like. Yeah. Are you really going to turn down this because I texted you too soon? Do you know what I mean? What happened to you? (laughs) What? Could you imagine? Here lies Ted Wilson. He turned down this. (laughs) So they go on a date. Yeah, they have dinner and they have a great time. But then Joe is telling Candy that he is very recently divorced, although they had been in a loveless marriage for many years. And Candy was like, I enjoyed his vulnerability especially when he spoke of his son that he missed. How do you feel about a first date and divulging all the details about your divorce? No, that's a no for me. It is a no, right? You can mention it. Like, let's have some banter and all that. But like, maybe don't take all the skeletons out of your closet. There's not that there's anything wrong with being divorced. But like, before we get to the heavy shit, can I just know like your favorite book? Yeah. And like what movies you're into? you voted for. Yeah. And if you're going to beep this book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I always forget to ask the who you voted for questions, if you recall, a a couple summers ago. I had a good time. Candy is completely smitten with Joe. Would you like to come in for a cup of coffee? Sure. That sounds great. Trying not to get caught up in the moment, Candy decides she wants to slow things down. This is going too fast. Joe understands and acts like a perfect gentleman. So after the date, she's like, do you want to come up for a cup of coffee? I was like, who drinks coffee at night? I would stay up all night. And they start making out. And she decides that she doesn't want to have sex. She just wants. Sorry. She. Uh-huh. She. You got this. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, uh, she. Oh. She just wants to fall asleep in his arms. <laughs> so. I'm sorry. Let me just, I'm, I'm just going to, just for my own brain, mm-hmm. you won't let him inside of you, but you will 
fall asleep in his embrace. Listen, she wants that kind of intimacy. She doesn't want, you know, that kind of intimacy. So now we know who the psycho in the story is. It's Candy. (laughs) Oh, dare you. (laughs) Take that back. You know. Fall asleep in someone's arms. Not on your fucking life. I don't care if, like, you have Jason Momoa's arms detached from his body. I do not want to fall asleep in anyone's arms. You're telling me. Jason Momoa is like, listen, I want to hold you all night. You're not going to let him hold you all night? You can hold me for five minutes. Okay, we are on the same page. I like to cuddle for 10 minutes, and then when it's actually time to go to sleep, because let me tell you, when my head hits that pillow and I'm intent on falling asleep, I'm asleep like that. I don't want anything touching me. Yeah, don't touch me. Like, we can touch feet or something like that. Okay. But, no, we're not cuddling. Thank you for letting me know you are a sociopath. (laughs) Also, I want to say this. If you are hooking up with someone and for whatever reason you get the ick, you feel uncomfortable, you change your mind, you are allowed to change your mind. Yeah. You are allowed to say, nope, I'm pumping the brakes. You are allowed to do that. I just want to reiterate that. you tell 20-year-old Ellen that? She would really appreciate that pep talk. Okay. But, and here's the thing. Joe was very understanding. He was like, yeah, let's cuddle all night. And and they did. And Candy really liked that. And Ellen is gonna barf. Okay, sorry. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. And so Joe started giving Candy gifts. Not Candy gifts. Yes, exactly. Important <laughs> separation. Situation is yes. important. He started giving candy gifts. Yes. Not GIFs. Right. <laughs> Joe really liked to give me what I wanted. And I liked that. <laughs> I mean, what girl wouldn't? This guy is a regular Casanova. In fact, she thinks that Joe just might be her perfect man. So the first day, he's like at her door with some TJ Maxx lingerie. And the second day, he shows up with an actual living dog. Like, was Bath and Body Works closed, my guy? <laughs> a fucking... A, a mahogany teak wood candle, even though it is toxic for me and this new dog yeah. you gave me. I would have appreciated that. A dog? Don't give dogs as gifts. You know what? I'm going to next level that. Don't give anything with a heartbeat as a gift. If it was born, if it hatched, just don't give it as gift. And this reenactment dog is terrified. This reenactment dog, first of all, thought that he was super excited to go to work with his owner today. The owner's probably like the AD, and they're like, come on, Scrappy. We're going to go to work today. And the dog was like, lights, camera, action. And this dog is petrified. Yeah. Reggie? Yeah. Here's the thing. Joe was very attentive. And Candy was like, I liked that he spoiled me. I mean, we all like to be spoiled a little bit, right? And things are going well. However, Candy introduces Joe to her best friend, Kathleen, or we'll call her, they call her Kathy on the Mm -hmm. episode. And Kathy's spidey senses went off. Big time. She was like, something with this dude was off. Do you remember how all of us with your ex, we all were like, he's great. Mm -hmm. He's fun. Not Courtney and Curtis. Not Courtney and Curtis. I've never asked them what it was about him that gave them pause. And you know me, I'm usually pretty good at reading people. But yeah, I have no idea. But Kathy knew. Kathy is our Courtney. And right when she says that she just didn't like him for some reason, there's a still picture of Joe and Kathy. and. Right then and there, I was like, oh, my God, I know what she's talking about. She's talking about his big fake gold chain that he's wearing in that fucking picture. Because that's not fucking right. He is wearing the biggest, fakest gold chain. Joe looks like he drinks hot dog water. Yeah, he really does. Joe looks like he picks his teeth with his (laughs) keychain. 
Joe looks like someone who would say the nicest place I ever spent the night was in the backseat of a Toyota Tercel. Yeah. <laughs> Joe looks like he cuts his toenails on the subway. <laughs> Joe looks like he still quotes Jeff Foxworthy jokes. Oh my God. <laughs> Speaking of Jeff Foxworthy, Joe looks like he was a groupie for the Blue Collar Tour. Yeah. <laughs> Three months in, Candy is love struck. Then Joe tells her he is having a hard time keeping up with his bills. It's Candy who suggests moving in together. At this point, I was pretty much head over heels in love with them. So I thought, why not? What do we got to lose? They're dating for three months, and Joe mentions that he's sort of falling behind financially. And so Candy was like, listen... Maybe you should hire a business planner to help you make a budget, Mm -hmm. to understand where your money is going Mm -hmm. and how your money is flowing. Of course not. Candy's like, let's move in together. I mean, listen, Candy was in love. She didn't want to lose him. She's like, yes, come live with me. Now, I'm going to reserve my judgment for that because I have moved in with someone very quickly and we were together for 10 years. You moved in with him really quickly? Very quickly. I didn't know that, I don't think. We met in January at his brother's birthday party. He went back to South Carolina. He came and visited me twice over the span of maybe a month and a half and then I was like just come move here and you can live with me and we were together for 10 years how very lesbian of you (laughs) who knew you were a lesbian closer I am to find the fact that they kept singing I love that the Indigo Girls and the Barbie movie it's all just gonna keep coming back to the Barbie movie and then Lola turned to me and went what song is that (laughs) and I was like I'm putting you up for adoption and then Well, I don't know if I've ever been good enough. (laughs) Stop it. So she's like, let's move in together. Why are you all moving in together? I like my bed and my space. Let me ballpark it for you. Moving in with someone is your entire life being like, can you put away the groceries? Not like that. (laughs) That's moving in together. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, do you want to challenge yourself to know how long you can hold a poop until they leave so you can stink up the bathroom? Wow. I mean, I do that with you when we are on tour. You all, Joey will not poop in the bathroom when we're sharing a room. I poop in the bathroom. Yeah, I know. You don't care. I don't care. You don't give a shit. He goes to the lobby, bless this little boy's heart. Candy and Joe share the kind of intimacy she has always fantasized about. Even if Joe is at times... A bit too intimate. Hey. Joe would sometimes like to surprise me in the shower with the camera. <laughs> hey, you take great photos. Stop it. Come on. Stop it. Here's the thing about Joe. Joe doesn't quite understand boundaries. Like, just because your partner is getting out of the shower doesn't mean that they're up for a naked photo shoot. And Joe doesn't seem to understand why that is awkward. But Candy would also play along sometimes. I mean, we all saw National Lampoon's European Vacation. Oh, right. When he takes the video of her and then it ends up somewhere. Like being distributed. Le slut. (laughs) But yeah, he's videotaping her in the shower, but that shower is 100% a 24-hour fitness. (laughs) I can see the lockers in the back. Like, I swear to God, the set coordinator was like, I have a 24-hour fitness membership. We can be in and out of there and shoot this scene really fast. And they did. Well, here's the thing. Candy trusted Joe. So she was like, all right, I'll I'll take a few naughty pictures for you. Put a pin in that. So they're happy. What could go wrong, she keeps saying. Well, one day something does go wrong. She comes home from work and 
It's not good news. Yeah, all of Joe's shit is gone. All of it. So is Joe. And he left behind a note saying, I can't be away from my son anymore. I gotta go. I'm sorry. On a post-it. Several post-its. Hundreds of post-its all over. This is out of the blue. No warning. They were happy. It's like, imagine waking up with your partner being like, I love you so much. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you later. And there is no later. And the later is a post-it. There is a good way to break up with someone, and it doesn't include a post-it. I mean... It's true. It was true back in 2000, and it's true in 2023. Hundreds of post-its. That poor set designer. I know. Because they were different color post-its, and they all had I'm sorry written on it. Could you imagine that set designer sitting there with a Sharpie writing, how many post-its do we need? It was all over. She walked through the house... And it was hundreds of post-its. Now, listen, I understand that we're dealing with someone who is probably emotionally stunted and a few French fries short of a happy meal. But can we all just collectively agree that if you're in a relationship that you have invested time in and you are living with someone, you owe them a conversation. Just even if you're like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go. Let that person have closure. Even if they think that you're a monster and they never want to speak to you, be a grown-up and Mm -hmm. sit them down and give them an explanation. Also Venmo them for half of the bills. Don't forget that. (laughs) I needed an explanation because I wanted to talk to him. I wanted um, to hear his voice. I wanted him to tell me personally why he left. And I I guess I needed closure. So she's trying to get a hold of him, rightfully so. She was like, wait, what is happening? Is he okay? So she tries to get in touch with Joe's ex-wife, except it's not his ex-wife. They are fully married. The ex-wife is like, I'm his, I'm his ex-wife? Yeah. What? What? Punctuation is important. So she's like, he was married this whole time? She's totally duped, totally heartbroken. So she tries to pick up the pieces and go on with her life. I mean, the whole time? The whole time, the whole time, you would, the whole time. Yeah, imagine waking up and being like, I have been living with a complete stranger. Mm, Yeah. I have been having sex with a complete stranger. I can't even imagine the shock of someone just leaving your partner that you're in love with and then finding out they're not at all who you thought they were. I cannot even imagine. Poor Candy. I'm sure she's really regretting that night she fell asleep in his arms now. (laughs) So... A week later, guess who fucking shows up? Joe. And he's like, I made a mistake. Take me back. I need you back. I was just torn. I didn't want to lose my son. This has nothing to do with my ex-wife. I love you. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like. Put it on a post-it. Yeah. She's like, well, truth of the matter is, I still really did love him. I don't judge her for this. Yeah. Because I understand that. You've said this a million times. Your brain is not always in alignment with your heart. I can understand being like, I don't want this to be for nothing. Mm -hmm. I invested all this time and energy in a human being. I introduced you to my friends, my family. I've been building a life with you. I don't want it to be for nothing. So I'm going to give you another shot. I'm going to give this another shot. I empathize with that. And she did it. Yeah. So best friend Kathy was like, nope, I knew it. Don't like him. Still don't like him. But, you know, you can't help who you love. Then all of a sudden... His money troubles are kind of over because he gets a new job in Atlanta and it's a really good high paying job and they figure it out together and they are like, all right, let's give long distance a go so that you can have this opportunity. And, 
you know I love long distance. It's not easy. No, it's not easy. It is not easy at all. And you have to be so certain that your level of commitment to the relationship is matching their level of Mm -hmm. commitment to their relationship. It cannot teeter. Yeah. Anytime something would go wrong, he knew exactly how far he could go to win back some points. (laughs) (laughs) This looks good. Candy feels their connection is stronger than ever. What is this? So when Joe finally pops the question, Candy is over the moon. So what do you say? Joe proposes. Joe is like, let's get married. And I've got this new job. We'll figure it out. I'm making six figures and we're going to get married. And so Candy is like, okay, all right. Okay, I'm in. Let's do this. He heads to Atlanta and a week later, Candy's missing her man. And she's starting to feel like he's being distant. And I get that. That happened to me. You're like, hmm. Something's off. Something is off. I've had that happen before. So she gets a little tickle and she starts to do some innocent sleuthing, you know, casual phone records and bank records. She turns into a super sleuth because in no time she sees a bunch of charges for flowers, a bunch of really late night calls, and she's like, who is she? And she found out that he hadn't landed in Atlanta no longer than five minutes And he was dating other women. And he was like, listen, I know this looks really bad. I did leave you to go back to my ex-wife who wasn't my ex-wife, who is still my wife. And now you found out I have cheated on you again. That is true. That is a fact. But I was lonely and it's over. And I would like the third chance, please. Uh And Candy was like, you must be joking. But best friend Kathy was like, we ride at dawn, bitches. (laughs) We ride at dawn. So Joe's going to win her back. He's like, I, okay, I know how I'm going to do this. Okay, go with me. Listen, and he huddles up his bros. Yep. And he's like, listen, bros, I'm going to go to her front lawn. Yep. I'm going to get a massive banner from Party City. Don't worry, I have a coupon. I know it's a little pricey. And it's going to say, I'm sorry. Yep. That doesn't feel like enough. Okay, what else can I do? Oh, you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to fill her whole lawn with, like, hearts uh-huh. and balloons. No, that's still, I still feel like I can do better. <gasps> I've got it. Yep. She loves baby pigs, mm-hmm. which are called piglets, you idiot. <laughs> and I'm going to get little creepy pig figurines, as many as I can find, and I'm going to put them all over her lawn, which is all well and good, my guy, but all you had to do was keep your dick in your pants, and yeah. you could have saved a shit ton of money at Party City. I believe that it was Mother Teresa that said... I, I might be paraphrasing this. Once a fuck boy, always a fuck boy. She indeed said she that. She did, right? It was, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They tried to put it in the New Testament. Yeah. Didn't work out. Yeah, it didn't work out. <laughs> Once again, Joe swears that it's over with the other woman in Atlanta and pleads desperately with Candy to take him back. I'm sorry. You know, I was lonely. I missed you. I was not accepting his apology, nor did I want anything to do with him at this point. Joe refuses to let her go, and he will do anything to win her back. Candy's getting weirded out because Joe won't take no for an answer, and Joe is very slick. He always had an answer for everything, and he was used to using his charm to get out of any situation. And then best friend Kathy says this. I mean, we're talking about the type of a guy that could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. I respect your devotion to your friend, 
I respect how much you hate Joe. What the fuck are you talking about? I thought that was funny. <laughs> who eats a ketchup popsicle? That's the joke. The joke <laughs> is who would get a ketchup popsicle? That's the joke. With white gloves. Because then when it drips, you get ketchup yes, on I your gloves. Yes, I understand. But... I thought that was a good joke. <laughs> I... Ridiculous. I also love how she's like so weirded out by like the baby pigs and the hearts. She's like, what? You love baby pigs. <laughs> She's like, yeah, but not a hundred of them on my fucking lawn, you weirdo. It is odd. But here's the thing. Candy makes the mistake that we have all made. She starts focusing on the good times and choosing to ignore the bad. I will never forget this. I don't know if you remember this, but we were in rehearsals for Kinky Boots in Chicago. And I was talking to you about my ex that I had been with for almost six years. And our relationship was bad. It was toxic. And I had been thinking, like, about the good times. And I remember you saying to me, I know exactly where you are. I have been there. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. And I didn't know you that well at that point. But you were like, it's always easier to remember the good and forget the bad until you're two weeks in and you're like, oh, right. I remember why I left to begin with. Yeah. It's called Kate Winslet glasses. What is that? Rose colored glasses. I don't like that. (laughs) Candy longs for the kind of loving relationship they once had. And in a moment of weakness, she decides to take Joe back. And I pretty much laid it out that if anything ever happened like this again, that that was it. That there was no no more chances. Guess what Candy does, y'all? Say it with me. She takes him back. And Joe is like, listen, okay, thank you, thank you for this third chance. I am really enjoying this. How about we go celebrate the victory of Mexico's win over the French Mm -hmm. Empire Mm -hmm. and go for some margaritas, but also I'm going to wear Mardi Gras beads (laughs) and there's going to be a rainbow pinata in the back and we're going to drink red wine. It was Cinco de Mayo. Yep. It was also her birthday weekend. Right. And he is... 100% wearing Mardi Gras beads. Yes. Because the set designer was like, I just grabbed whatever was on clearance at the Party City. (laughs) What was on clearance? Are you kidding? Party City? He was like, I grabbed whatever was in my attic. Yeah. This was what I had. It's Cinco de Mayo and Candy's birthday weekend. But Candy's good friend is in no mood to celebrate. It seems that Joe is at it again. Only this time, he's created a profile on a popular dating website. A good friend of ours phoned me um, to let me know that she had found Joe on an internet dating site. And she said he's got a profile set up and he's shopping for chicks. Best friend Kathy is seething because a mutual friend of theirs called Kathy and said, Girl, I don't know what to do. I am on the Bumble Tinder grinder and um, (laughs) Joe's got a profile on here. But... It's an, under an alias. It's all of his information. However, his name is different. Now, obviously, Kathy didn't want to ruin Candy's birthday party, so she doesn't say anything. Just kidding. She's fuming, and she's like, girl, enough. I love you. Enough. I'm sick of this guy. You need to know. And she shows Candy the profile, and that's it. Yeah. Candy was humiliated. Humiliated. And so she goes home and throws all this shit out the window, and she calls and files a restraining order 
because he keeps popping up everywhere. Everywhere. And they're like, does he have a tracking device on her? And even though she got that restraining order, that did not keep Joe away. He was literally always showing up where she was. But she was like, I am not going to let this insane person, this pathological liar, destroy my life. I am going to go out and have fun. I have been depressed. I've been heartbroken. I have been humiliated. I'm having a fucking girls night. And she goes out with her girlfriends. So they're sitting there, you know, enjoying Chevys or whatever. (laughs) And Joe shows up and she's like, I can't even fucking go to Chevy's without you showing up. (laughs) This time he's angry and he has a knife. Y'all, a knife. Yeah. She opened up the bathroom door to find Joe standing there pointing a knife at her. She freaks out, runs to her friends, and is like, I have, I, I gotta go. Joe is I, Joe is here. I got I gotta go. And she goes home and barricades herself inside of her house. Yeah. What else was she gonna do? It's so sad. Candy files another restraining order against Joe. At first, it appears he's keeping his distance. That is until Candy begins to get a string of odd messages. She files another restraining order. I was like, well, it, the first one didn't work. What happened Maybe to the first more, one? Maybe it's one with like more rigid guidelines. Maybe, I yeah. don't know. So then she starts getting electronic messages, which is included in a restraining order. Don't ask me how I know. And it was under the guys or it was Joe's friends. I'm, I'm doing bunny ears with friends, right? And she's like, uh-huh, his friends. Yeah, and they were writing electronic. Why did you just call it emails? What did I say? You said electronic something. And I was like, what? I don't Why? know what I said. I don't listen. They sent her mail by the internet. They used the World Wide Web to send words <laughs> that all grouped together turned into paragraphs and sentences. There was a greeting, a body, and then a sign off and a signature through the internet. Did you let him know that he was bothering you? Yes, by electronic mail. And so these buddies had been writing novels, right, about how much he loved her and wanted to be with her. He's a good guy. And Candy is like, this motherfucker has created a bunch of emails and he's messaging me. Yeah, It's like me trying to get more Prime memberships. Literally. It's like that crazy person who was literally creating profiles and responding to her own comments. Yes. Oh, on that Facebook group, this woman was like making all these profiles and talking to herself. That is. That was bananas. But then one of the emails says something that really freaks Candy out. And it actually makes me angry because it is such a horrific form of manipulation. Basically, in the email, it says that Joe died by suicide. So, of course, she's mad at Joe, but she's a fucking human. And she's like, what? And she is overcome with grief and she is scared. So she calls Joe's parents. To make sure he's okay. Yeah, because she's like, I don't want him in my life, but I want him to have a life. So it turns out that Joe Collier is not Joe Collier. His real name is Peter Zimmer. As an infant, he was adopted by a family from Illinois. At 14, the family moved to a farm in rural Wisconsin. His parents were like, oh, let me tell you everything. His real name is Peter Zimmer. 
He was adopted by a family in Indiana, and at 14, the family moved to the sticks in Wisconsin, and Peter hated it. Yeah, and he would tell kids at school that he hated his parents and he was going to kill them. Just that like is not that. an exaggeration. Yeah. Those are literally his words. And people just ignored it because they're like, oh, that's just this kid saying dumb shit. Except on May 23rd, 1983, while Peter slash Joe's mother is working in the yard, he attacks her with a knife, stabbing her 15 times, drags her into a shed. Then he murders his 10-year-old brother. 10-year-old brother. When I was watching this, I was like, I kept saying, no, this cannot be true. I, I was in shock. Then he goes upstairs and gets into his father's gun closet and waits for his dad to come home. Yeah. On May 23rd, 1983, Peter decides to act on his homicidal threats. Peter's mother, who is working in the yard, is the teenager's first victim. And so he made good on that promise that he said to his friends. He murdered his family. So the police are called and they get to the scene and it is just, it's gruesome. It's awful. And of course, Peter is the only person left. So he's a suspect and he's arrested. Yeah. Days later, he is found in Missouri and arrested. They don't tell us why a family relative decided to call the police, but Thank God that they did because it did spare the father's life. It's just tragic. And so basically the laws at that time in Missouri, you could not try a juvenile as an adult. It was against the law. You could send them to juvenile detention until they were 19. That's the maximum. And they kept him there until he was 19. So he served three and a half years for those murders. There are people serving more time for stealing flat screens on Black Friday. Yep. Then this kid served for murder yeah. and the murder of a child. So at age 19, Joe slash Peter is a free man. Yeah, he goes back out into the world, changes his name to Jovan Collier, which he goes by Joe for short. And he hides his identity for 20 years. And one day he decides to reconnect with his biological mother. Now, he told his biological mother, as well as everybody else, including Candy, that his parents died in a car accident. Exactly. And some of the family became suspicious of that story because you know how a lie goes. After a while, people keep adding on to the lie and they don't keep up with the lie. And I'm sure someone was like, none of this is adding up. And all they had to do was do a background check on him. And that's when they found out the truth. So Joe's biological mother warned Candy. Yeah. Imagine thinking all of the things that this man put her through. Never did she think it was going to land on, by the way, he murdered his family. What? Also, how do you keep that secret? This is what I don't understand. People who have these dark secrets, I can't keep a secret about anything. Yeah. Like, I'm going to write a show about it. Sure. You know? So it's like, how do you live with an entirely different life? She's like, who are you? You're a stranger. Oh, people are capable. Oh, wow. People can lead totally different lives and you have no idea. It's like how people are a certain way in front of people Uh and then a different way behind closed doors. Absolutely. Joe's parents warn Candy, the suicide is likely a ruse. Not only is Joe alive and well, he is also a cold-blooded killer. 
first thing that ran through my mind is, how did I not see signs of someone that you were in love with, that you shared the same bed with, you find out is a murderer? I was scared. I mean, really scared. And so now Candy is terrified, and she goes to the cops, but they're like, we can't do anything because he hasn't attacked you. Now, I want to say that I understand what the cops are saying, but if this person has already taken out two restraining orders on a person, and then you find out that they've been lying about who they are and that they are capable of murder because they have committed murder, what are your options? What do you do? It's weird because on one hand, they're like, well, let's just wait and see if he hurts you, little lady. And like, let's find out. But at the same time, what are they going to do? Arrest him for lying? Or being creepy? Yeah, you can't. So it's kind of like... I see the point emotionally, but I don't, they legally, no, there's they nothing don't, they, there's nothing that you can't arrest somebody because they told you a bunch of lies and he did his time. Did it's, his a, time. it's a fucked up amount of time, but they can't be like, he murdered someone and he only did three and a half years and now he's scary. Like that is fucking scary and terrifying, but there's nothing the law can do. No, but I will tell you that the police said, how about we give you option B, which is we're going to go to the Tampa Bay Times And leak this story for you because this dude sounds nuttier than a squirrel turd. And the next day, Candy gets a call from Tampa Bay Times and that story is released. About a guy who was living under an alias, who had committed murder, served time for it, all of that. So for someone like Joe, who is a pathological liar, probably a narcissist, definitely a sociopath, you just blew his cover. There's nowhere to hide. And he can't control the narrative anymore. The narrative and the story and what he wants out there is not within his control. And that is what drives a person like that to be dangerous. That's what makes them snap. Well, I'll tell you this. Joe is no longer showing up with balloons and baby pigs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He wants revenge. And he begins making threats. And he's saying horrific things to her. Yeah. He said things to her like, I hope you get raped by 10 guys and that the roof falls in on your head. He threatened to come to her house and burn it down. He threatened to kill her dogs. The most horrible things you could say to a person. The stress is getting to Candy, whose only solace is walking on the beach. On the sunny shores of St. Pete, the naked pictures Joe took come back to haunt her. And then he makes a flyer with nude photos of her on it with her phone number and her address. That is so dangerous. The harm you are subjecting this woman to. Yeah. He literally flyered Tampa with these flyers, handing them out on the beach. Her nudes, her name, her full address and phone number. Remember when Samantha did that to Richard and she's like, ma'am, I found him eating another woman's pussy. And she's like, carry Carry on, on, (laughs) ma'am. So not only that, Joe signed Candy up on these fetish sites, these sex sites, where he would pose as Candy and essentially set up parties at her house. So Candy would come home and there would be a bunch of people waiting for her. Yeah. And the reenactment sex party waiting for her was a dude in a clown mask, another dude in a fox mask, and a woman holding a Bud Light. I was like, what is this, The Shining? Yeah, I was like, I don't know what this is. I can't tell if it's hilarious or creepy because, again, where did you get that fox mask? Yeah, it's weird. But also, 
what kind of sex party? What was the kink exactly? Yeah. <laughs> what was the fetish? Yeah, we're not kink shaming. We're kink curious. It was a variable poo-poo platter of kinks. Yeah. <laughs> you want the clown? You that guy with the clown mask? You want the clown, the fox, or the Bud Light? What's it going to be? Can I have them all? <laughs> I'd like them all. I'd like to give that a go. Whatever it was, it was fucking ridiculous and yeah. creepy. The idea of anyone's address getting leaked like that, that is really scary. She lived by herself. That is terrifying. And- Candy is really starting to struggle mentally with this. Uh, who wouldn't? Yeah. Of course, her safe haven was work. She was a teacher for second graders, you know, and she felt safe. And one day she gets a package at that school and she doesn't think anything of it. She's thinking it's from the school. Yeah. So she opens it and something really awful was inside. It was a dead pig. A dead pig. Who would send a dead carcass of Candy's favorite animal? I mean, narrator, I get what you're saying, yeah. but also we can put the period after dead carcass of an animal. Yeah. That is superfluous information with the, her favorite animal. I get it. If it was an octopus, it still would have been equally as gross. Yep. I'm going to beg you to review the title of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and now Candy is terrified more than ever. She's not sleeping. She doesn't know what to do. She is literally at her breaking point. I mean... She's living in fear all the time. I forget that there are people out there who are right now living in fear for their lives. No one deserves that. Yeah. I just remember laying in the corner of my bedroom on the floor in the dark and just holding up my hands and just saying, God, I can't do this. You know, I cannot do this a day more. She knows that a simple restraining order isn't enough to keep Joe at bay. So she finally realizes that she needs to take this a step further rather than a restraining order, which is just a piece of paper. So she meets with the prosecutor to press charges and they're like, yeah, Molly, you're in danger, girl. We need to press charges. That is 100% aggravated stalking. All of those things, the sex party, that doesn't sound fun at all. The baby pig, even if it wasn't your favorite animal, that's horrible. Yep. No, you were right to come here. Let's press these fucking charges now. Now, uh, we know that Florida is the wild, wild west. It's crazy. Who knows? In, in the words of Cole Porter, anything goes. Mm -hmm. However, one thing I'm grateful for for Candy is that aggravated stalking carries mandatory prison time and a warrant is issued for his arrest. But he skipped town because why not? But they find him, who knows how, in a hotel in Georgia with a new woman and a stolen gun. A stolen gun. What they figured out is that Joe was headed back to Florida with that gun. Why? They can only guess. Yeah. They don't know. So Joe pleads guilty and gets three years in prison. Yeah, three years. He's released in October 2012. Now, here's the thing. He's already killed people, stalked people, and served practically no prison time. These men need a face tattoo. It needs to say, I am a scary dude. I am a bad Dangerous man, stay away from me. Yeah. Because these are men, they don't give a shit. They're not learning from their time. They're not bettering themselves. We need to be able to easily identify people. That can be something. Instead of incarceration, we should start face tattooing people. <laughs> yeah. And this is why you should never be in law. <laughs> yeah, I am a scary man and I do bad things to women. This is why you should never be a police person. In 
old English font <laughs> right across the forehead. She's like, oh my God, you're so cute. What is your tattoo? Oh no. Uh-uh. Oh no. Uh-uh. I am staying away from you with that face tattoo. <laughs> Thanks, face tattoo. It could help people. Wow. You I'll be sh- running for Congress I was in 2024. Say, literally, you should be running for Congress. And here's the thing. Joe never, ever contacted her again. He never tried to contact her again. And Candy went on to lead a very happy life. She got married. And good for you, Candy. That sucks. Like, the whole thing is is that Candy was just putting herself out there to find love. And she got taken advantage of by a crazy person. Yeah, poor Candy. But guess what? Our really, really creative Casanova, he ended up back in jail in 2014. Really? Yep. He moved to Waco, Texas, and was arrested for harassing his fiancée because she broke up with him. The reason she broke up with him was because she found out what he did. He did not tell her that he killed his family, and she, like, put everything together because he changed his name again. They recognized him on this show. Wow. They recognized him on this show and they set up like a whole thing and he faces three charges of harassment. So it's like, that's the thing is you can rehabilitate or send people to jail. He's just like going to do it all fucking again. He doesn't have regard for people. He took his family's life. Thank God that that woman found out before she married him. That's what I'm saying. So you scoffed at my tattoo idea. He did it again. That would have saved him. Honey, What's we... wrong with my tattoo idea? I don't think that's a flawed because plan at all. Because what if someone's all? wrongly accused and they end up with a tattoo on their head? But this guy wasn't. You've got it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen Marsh for Congress in 2024. <laughs> Thank you very much. Anyway, say something funny and don't make it my run for Congress because that's not funny. That's real. Okay. Well, do you think when she broke up with him, the fiancé in Texas, that she did it by electronic message? using words into sentences, into paragraphs, and sending it on the World Wide Webs. She used no. America Online. So I broke up with him. I sent him an electronic message <laughs> on the computer. And then I... And then I watched a sad movie on Lifetime Television on the talking box. Did you see the thing that Down Bitch Tanner made for us? He strung together all of our endings, all of our singing endings. It's on our Facebook group. I didn't see you it. You have to see it. It is preposterous. Oh my God. I, can't I really wait. think someone should take our microphones away because Agreed. sometimes when people point it out, I'm like, oh, we really are income poops. <laughs> You know what I mean? We love you, Tanner. It's on our Facebook group. So join the Facebook group if you haven't. That way you can see that and everything else our wonderful down bitches troll us with. Honestly, it's a, I was about to say poo-poo platter, but I'm only saying that because you just said that earlier. You know, I love this community so much. I love that this community is so fun and thoughtful and also will drag us when it's time. Listen, Misty456 on Instagram is doing some of our best work. (laughs) Some of our best work is reposting Misty's fucking post. it's great. Bobby it Lynn really Sprite. It really is great. Bobby Lynn Sprite. If you aren't already, please follow us on social media. We are on all platforms at I Think Not Pod. Please connect with us on all the 
platforms that you want to connect with us on. We're there. We're on them all. So whichever, I think not pod. Whichever one you like. And you can find Joey at It's Joey Taranto on Instagram and me at Ellen Marsh on Instagram. Also, if you're feeling sassy and you feel like you want to give us a little bit of support, doesn't even cost money. All you have to do is give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help other people who love our silly brand of true crime find us. And we really, really appreciate it when you share any of our stuff on social media. And also, if you do feel like spending money, join the Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash I think not. You can find us there. It's really fun. It's you, a lot. We have a it's $5 a tier and a $10 tier, but no matter what, it's a load of fun. Yeah. And we love you. And we just love that you let us do this all the time. Thank God for y'all. Thank God for y'all. Yeah. We love you, dumb bitches. Love y'all. Love you, Joey. Love you, Joey. Love you. Bye. But that joke in the Barbie movie when they were going to beach each other. Yes. That was a funny bit. Ryan Gosling has never looked hotter. And he was hilarious. He was hilarious. Sorry, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen him do. Oh, he was brilliant and so dreamy. Yeah. Should I bleach my hair? Yeah. I'm serious. Yes, do it. It grows back. It's just hair. So they go on a date. (laughs) (laughs) This is really unhinged, this episode so far. We are all over the place. They talk too much. Okay, Misty, go make up another name. Why did I write this? He was the type of man that could wrestle pudding with his feet. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't either. <laughs> okay, it must have been late. And that is where we make all kinds of announcements, and we just have a really great community. What I say? We make all kinds of announcements. <laughs> <laughs> Our via electronic message on the internet. Honey, I can't talk right now. I'm reading the internet. (laughs) I can't talk. I'm watching my stories. (laughs) 